Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Special episode about Upper Deck SP. Actually got some boxes from Paul Wynn that were SP, but they weren't my primary sports, but I had a lot of fun opening them, and I'm going to tell you what happened. But first, thanks Upper Deck for sure, and Paul for sending the boxes for me to review. And thanks to Tops and Panini and Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Really always enjoy opening up product. I was thinking about the legacy of SP and what it means across sports. I enjoy doing this podcast is try to connect the dots from what it was back in the day to what it is now and sometimes even what it might become. But SP is certainly an enduring brand. I think my first acquaintance with it was back in, I think the first appearance was 93 in baseball. One of the fun things, I have bound copies of all the magazines, all the monthly magazines. So I whipped out the 93 all bound volume and went to the September magazine and wound up going through. And right before you get to the price guide, you get a cryptic ad from Upper Deck. Upper Deck was one of our advertisers, faithful advertisers, appreciated that. And it's just a black page saying on August 23rd, we'll reveal the biggest trade rumor in baseball. When I wanted to do advertising, I wanted to show the product. But some people believe that advertising is you create interest, making people curious. Probably was curious back in August of 93 as well. Now, it may have been that Upper Deck, I don't really remember. That's almost 30 years ago. Upper Deck made periodic trips to Dallas and visited with our price guide team and me in many cases. But I don't remember whether we got a heads up on that. But just thinking about it, they didn't say what the name of the product was then. And then you go forward another couple months later that they are seeing Upper Deck SP baseball cards. And it's a two-page spread featuring Ken Griffey Jr. talking about the quality of the product and the odds of finding a platinum power card or one per nine, which seemed like a big deal at the time, but not so much now. But before I get into this year's sets... Uh, I don't think they ever really said that Upper Deck SP means super premium. In fact, it seems to me audacious to call a brand SP, but Upper Deck was all about getting out there and trying to be a market leader. Even in the early days of the company, this was the fourth or fifth year of the company. So to call a brand SP when SP was popularly known in the industry, in the hobby, as a short print or single print. I don't think it meant super premium. It probably means super premium now, in addition to short print or single print. But I don't remember them really clarifying that. And of course, they've gone on to SPX, SP Game Use, SP Authentic, SP Legendary Cuts. And so there's a whole group of brands under the SP. Again, starting in 93, I think pretty much all the sports had SP. Back in the day when all the companies did all the sports or pretty much all the sports, Upper Deck had a chance to take the brand recognition they had in one sport and apply it to the others. I think very successful brand and enjoyed all the years of that. Okay, the products, I got the CFL, the Canadian Football League, which as some of you, I was a fan of of the CFL. I have a good friend that played in the CFL and I followed it and I have a bunch of CFL cards, but I haven't followed it as much. So I had a box of the the SP game used CFL 19. It was 2021, but I don't know that the year matters that much to me, but it was a product that I didn't have any. As I'll explain, they aren't cards that I'm going to find in a Dallas dollar box. And the other product that I opened was a 21-22 SP hockey. Both of the boxes were about the same price in the secondary market, probably 150 bucks each. 
Again, that floats. I'm not sure. I don't know that the card companies want it to float. They want it to just be a solid value and sell well and sell from the card shops and the online as well. But uh, you're only getting 15 cards in the CFL. So you're really paying about 10 bucks a card with uh, five packs of three cards. And with the hockey, you only got one pack of six cards and get 150 bucks. That's somewhat pricey. You're in effect paying an average of $25 a card. So let's start with the hockey. The hockey, so I thought if I bought this for $150, would I be pleased? The first thing that happened when I opened up the packs, it seemed like the first card, the card on top had rounded corners. And the second time it happened, I thought, did I mess up? Because I'm not always as careful to bust the packs, but it wasn't. <laughs> That's the way it is. In hockey, I do recognize the players. I didn't get any big names on the good cards, and so that's what determines sometimes the hit or miss of a box. If I would have gotten big names, big rookies or big veteran enduring superstars, goats, it certainly would have been a successful thing. So I, the cards were beautiful. No problem with that. More than half, I think I think three or four of the cards were RCs, were rookies. There were an autograph, a memorabilia, some low serial number, uh, special inserts. So if you don't want too many cards, which I'm moving in that direction because I have too many cards, one pack per six of all being good cards. Um, if I were more serious about hockey, I would probably be fired up at that. Okay, so, so I wasn't, but the reason I'm trying to hold myself back here is that I was blown away with the CFL because I had opened the SP Hockey, one pack of six cards, 150 bucks. Then I opened the CFL. And sometimes I'll do a lot of preparation before I open to, so I'll know what I'm going to get. And sometimes I just wing it and I think, I'm just going to open this up as somebody gave me a box and I'm going to open it up and see if there's anything good in it. When I opened up, I thought, oh my goodness, I got a hot box <laughs> because for the first pack, everything was either autograph or memorabilia. And then the second pack was a couple autographs and a mem card. And I went, oh my goodness. And then I read the fine print and that's what you get. And I thought, is this cool or what? <laughs> I no longer recognize as many of the CFL cards, but I've got a bunch of autograph stuff, a bunch of memorabilia cards. There was one former Dallas Cowboy that I recognized. I was disappointed. I don't think they list the colleges on the back. I think that would be good to do because I think there are college collectors that would track a CFL card. And maybe when they're on eBay, they'll put the college perhaps if they're trying to sell it that way. And ComC does list the college as well in the, in the fine print if you dig deep. I noticed about half of these CFL players were born in America and presumably went to American colleges. My disappointment, even my excitement of opening the packs and seeing all these autographed and memorabilia cards, there really was nothing for my wall. I want to get it graded and put on my wall if there's a story I can tell. And like I said, if, if it was a card of my good friend that had played in the CFL, that would have been terrific. Autographed or not, it would have been fun to slab that and put it up on the wall. I already have a card of him, but a newer, shinier card might be fun as well. And again, this has been out for a while. It points out there uh, there is crossover sometimes. And so if I were going to go out and buy something, and you say you got to buy one or the other, I'd buy the CFL. Now, if I was buying the CFL, I'd probably buy more than one box, and I would uh, organize the cards and it would give me an excuse to fly to Toronto for the expo. <laughs> I don't know that I'd try to complete a set or whether I'd try to trade for other upper decks hockey that is up there. But I would think Canada would be a place to trade some of these autograph and memorabilia cards. And maybe to trade for somebody in the product that has a Dallas connection or a connection to me. But deep down, the way to get a home run here is if somebody turns into a Warren Moon or a Joe Theismann and crosses over from the CFL to the NFL. And if they do, it muddies the water of what their rookie cards are. The Canadian football cards are perceived as pre-rookies, and then the NFL cards are their rookies. But lastly, when I go to the card shows, 
I know I talk about haunting the dollar boxes, and I said I probably wouldn't find any of those in there. But another place I go, there's a there's actually a five dollar box. Superior Investments has multiple tables of just all game used and autograph cards, sorted by not sorted, but they're grouped by sport, and it's it's monster boxes, the four row monster boxes, and there's a discount clearly labeled that if you buy two hundred, it's two fifty a card. So now you're talking. I love a quantity discount. So I've shopped with them a lot. It's been a lot of fun. Again, every card being autographed. And then you switch over to a box. Everything is game used. There's some good players in there. Again, at five bucks, there's not that many good players, but you'll occasionally find something there. So they provide a great service. I enjoy that. But when I think about that, I think, okay, I got these autographed and game used CFL cards. Superior doesn't even have a category for CFL. They have big boxes of basketball, football, and hockey and baseball, but not that. But what that demonstrates is that if it's a run of the mill autograph or game used card, five bucks, 250, something like that. If it's not a big name player a year later, two years later, if it's a rookie that hasn't made it, it may find his way into those kind of boxes. I'm a collector. I love cards. And I don't have to buy anything, but if I'm looking through, whether it's CFL or wrestling or hockey or anything, if it's something that I think would be fun for me to have and I don't usually see it, I love picking up stuff. I wouldn't say I'm addicted because I do stop when the show is over and I go home, but I had a lot of fun with the CFL. And again, I spent a lot of time working with the Canadians and the people that love CFL to really get a handle on what was selling when I was doing the price guides, especially the football books that had a CFL section. And it's a subculture unto its own. And so this was a way to, to jump back and have a reminiscent trip down memory lane. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Upper Deck. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm so glad SP came aboard, and it's still going strong after almost 30 years now. In fact, I guess the anniversary will be, be this summer. Super premium indeed. And I had a super premium experience in opening both those. Thanks, everybody. And I'll be back again the day after tomorrow with another episode.